0: back to Brody Talks Hockey. Today we have the best beat writer in the NHL back on the pod, Michael Russo. How are you, Brody? What's up? I'm doing great. You know, a lot of stuff going on in the league right now. This is my favorite time of the year. I mean, you got the Stanley Cup, the entry draft, and then you throw an expansion draft in there. It's just the cherry on top. Would you say this is the best time of the year? Yeah, I mean it's definitely, I mean, other than actually covering the hockey games, I agree with you. I mean, from a from a
1: reporter point of view, I mean this is sort of where you you make your money. You know, you you wanna try to break stories and be all over it. And and um this is the actual time of year that I enjoy. Like when actual tangible stuff happens, not the uh, you know, not the uh ten free agents they could sign. Like I like actual like like when Parisian Souter were bought out the other day, you know, nobody, nobody wants that. But I mean, from my perspective, that's the easiest type of story to write because you're just writing about something that's actually happening. And, and, um, and it's actual real where sometimes, you know, there are dead times during the year where you have to write, you know, the, the 10 centers, the wild might draft and you are and you're just drawing names at a dartboard. And, you know, guys that I have never even heard of, basically, and you're just saying, all right, I think they're going to take that guy when you really have no clue and, you know, don't have a lot of viewings of them. And so I, I enjoy this type of year when you can actually figure out, you know, what things the Wilder are going to potentially do and, and try to forecast that and then report actually when it happens.
0: Yeah, for sure. It's almost like too much in the case where you have so many stories that you can write, where it's like, oh, why why couldn't this just be a spread out in a long time period in yeah. order for me to get them all out there, you know? And
1: especially this is a condensed off season, So it's like everything is just bang, bang, bang right now. It's like the Stanley Cup final ended and all of a sudden we're just into the meat of the off season and, um, But in a lot of ways, that's good because, you know, your hope is is that the Wild will get all their business done here in the next couple of weeks. And then I can sort of veg until uh, training camp. I don't know if that'll be the case this year because I think that the Capri South and the and the Fiala um, negotiations are going to probably be extended out for a while if Fiala is not uh, traded here in the next little bit. So um, so I don't think I'll be completely done. But but the good news is that, you know, expansion drafts were in yesterday. Expansion draft is Wednesday night. Immediately Friday and Saturday, Saturday the NHL draft. And then two days after that is, or, or four days after that, is free agency. So um, it's going to come up quick here. And then,
0: uh, you know, pretty much July 29th, uh, I think we're going back into off-season mode. Yeah, I know it's crazy. It's crazy and I cannot wait. But yeah, my first question is regarding the Wild and Victor Rask. I know the Wild would love to move him with his contract not meeting ends with his production. What do you think would be the best realistic move to get him out of here? Well, you
1: know, actually, I don't know if the wild uh, would like to move them as much as maybe the fans uh, oh, you know, yeah. <laughs> and like that. I mean, the wild um, do have a lot of respect for them and and they don't have a lot of center depth, too. So, um, you know, with one year left at four million, it's it's not a necessary evil to to have to get rid of them. But if they do get rid of them, then you're going to have to you get four million worth of cap space, which would be huge. And then you could go out and react and and add some centers to this team. Um, you know, the, I think the really the most realistic thing for them to move uh, Victor Rask would be if Seattle took him in the expansion draft. Um, you know, and and look, a lot of people have pointed out it, it's not it's not, um, you know, a guarantee that that Seattle takes Kakanen or Susie. Uh, you know, I think those are obviously the better assets. But when you're Seattle and, and we're about to do a mock draft today, I've got. You know all my uh, my uh, research that I've done, but when you're Seattle and you've got a you you take 30 guys and 14 have to be forwards, nine have to be defensemen, and three have to be goalies, and then that leaves you uh, four extra players. You know it's not a guarantee with you. when you look at all the goalies that are eventually that are out there that they're definitely going to take a captain. And I would if I were them. I think it's worth a gamble at 750 grand or 725 grand for a 24 year old goalie. But same thing with Susie like we all look at Susie as being their best asset, uh, you know, career highs last year, plus 22 and all that stuff. But you look here, they there's a ton of really good defensemen available. So it's not a guarantee that they take Susie So if you start saying, all right, well, maybe they're going to take Dryger and maybe they're going to take the, the goalie from Washington and maybe they actually will take Corey Price, which I don't buy for a minute. Um, I think they're using the press to try to get an asset out of Montreal. Um, but when you look at the lack of center depth in this expansion draft, I mean, there's not a lot. I mean, maybe they would take a Victor Raska. You know, Ron Francis was the guy that drafted him. Ron Francis was the guy that's re-signed him to this, you know, crazy contract that he's got. And um, and maybe there is, uh, you know, an ability to go and take him. So so we'll see what happens here. You know, I still don't think they'll take him, but, but that would
0: be the easiest mechanism if the Wild wanted to uh, part ways this offseason. For sure. Who do you have the wild taking in your mock draft right now, or is it not finalized? Uh, yeah, yet? we
1: haven't done it. I'm going to sit. Uh, it's me and uh, Ryan Clark, who are a Seattle beat writer. And then a couple of our columnists uh, are, are doing it. And then somehow I got invited to it. So there's, I think five of us or six of us. Um, and so right now, I mean, I, I think the smartest thing for them to do would be to take Kakanen just because 24 year old, 725,000, maybe, you know, you will sure goalies, goalies develop late. Um, you know, I know he's projected as a number two in the wild. I don't think think that he's a true number one, but I, you know, to me, it's worth the the the, um, you know, the gamble by them, and it's not even a gamble. But you know, Carson Susi with two years left to two seven five, big mobile defenseman that can play up in your lineup. Where in Minnesota, he was playing number five D. Um, I think that gives them, and he could play left or right side. I think that's a really good pickup by them as well. So. Um, you know, to me, if it's them, they're, they're they're taking one of those two defense, one of the you know either Kathken or Susie. But we'll see when we do our mock draft, you know what, once we start figuring out all right, well, you know they're taking, you know, when we do our mock draft and if we figure out, all right, well, Seattle's already got seven really quality defensemen and there are these others on the list. you know, maybe you say, well, you know what, it doesn't make sense for them to take Susie from Minnesota. Let's go to the goalie. And maybe it yeah. doesn't even take make sense to get the goalie
0: maybe then you go to Rask or even so it'll be interesting to see what happens definitely and uh, I've been seeing things getting said around the league and stuff about I think it wouldn't be uh, the dumbest thing to take seven goalies I think it would be a really smart smart thing to do and then because there's a lot of teams in the league right now who are struggling for goaltenders so it's like why not just stack them up and then try to get some trades from it because people are going to need it
1: yeah we saw vegas do that with defensemen they they took too many they took too many d and they did that intentionally so they could trade a couple away so it absolutely makes uh, sense to 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 you know take more than you need and use them as assets and flip them and And I actually think that's something that Seattle is going to probably do more of than Vegas, because I think that a lot of teams are just saying we're not making deals with you because the price has been so expensive. So the way to do that is to now go to Seattle and say maybe could you could you take that guy and
0: flip him to us, and that might be the best way that they'll do things a little differently than maybe Vegas did. For sure. Totally agree. My next question is about Ryan Suter. Do you think the Wild decided to buy him out due to a sense of his production value deteriorating in the next couple of years? Or do you think it was more because they're trying to avoid the cap recapture penalty?
1: Well, I mean, they kind of created their own cap recapture penalty only now. Yeah, I mean, they've really they've really, um, you know, limited their flexibility in years two, three and four. I mean, just think of it this way you know, a lot of people have said, well, they're going to be here anyway, eating up $7.538 million worth of cap if they were here, but at least Ryan Suter would have been able to be a player in the lineup at that number. Now the Wild, I mean, let's just say the cap doesn't go up in the next couple of years. It, it will hopefully a little bit, but it, let's just say they have an $81.5 million payroll in years three and four, the Wild are going to be paying $66 million to fill out their lineup where everybody else is getting 81.5. And, and that's going to create a problem for them, I think. So um, you know with Ryan, um, you know Zach was business. They were trying to give him a, a shot to go somewhere else and they they realized that it was time to probably part ways. I think Ryan Moore was a, was a personal thing. I just think that they wanted him you know off the team at this point. And I do think that it, a lot of it is they looked at Zach and said, you know Ryan, you you're gonna probably follow this same template and deteriorate and, and and let's let's part ways now. but he's still a top four defenseman and so for them to go this route with them it just means that they really you know i think it was probably like uh personal with ryan and professional with with zach and and uh and um you know ryan's a strong personality it's obviously the guy that he came here with and zach parisi and i just thought that they i just think that they figured you know what let's make a clean break from both of them if we're going to move zach it's going to put ryan in a tough position to be in that locker room all alone without him and uh, and you know who who knows what distractions that could even con- con- uh, potentially take. So um, you know, uh, I think that's probably the reason, uh, and I think that's probably the one that makes the most logical sense. Just because the wild haven't really given a true, exact, sensible reason why Ryan was part of this. Um, you know, yeah. I, 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 Zach it makes sense.
0: Ryan came completely out of the blue definitely no I think that you said it perfectly I haven't even like thought of it like that but uh I think for sure that was the reason why Mm -hmm. and uh where do you think that Parise and Suter are gonna end up next uh and do you agree with the Wild's decision?
1: You know, I, I don't know if I agree with it on Ryan, because I just think that this really limits them in the next couple of years. And, um, you know, Zach, I completely agree with if they weren't able to. You know, the, there there is a belief out there by some people that I've talked to that the Wild had the ability to maybe move his contract to a team like Arizona, have them buy him out, but you'd, it would cost the Wild a lot of assets. Um, that's been told to me by a really good source that I think would know, but it also has been denied to me by people in the organization. So, um, in terms of, uh, Zach, uh, you know, I agree with this move on him. I think it was time to just give him a fresh start and to, and to not create this distraction that would be there all year next year. If he wasn't on the power play, if he was at not in the lineup, if he was playing the fourth line. And obviously I think it was difficult for him to accept this role here of limited ice time and limited responsibilities where, you know, he'll now go to another team and start fresh and understand that if he's getting third line or fourth line minutes there, that's what he's sort of signed up for. So to answer your, um, your other question, you know, I see Zach signing with the Islanders. I'd be shocked if he doesn't, but the Islanders in Vegas make um, a ton of sense in terms of Ryan Suter. I did a big story on him the other day and Ryan um, has a ton of interest as of now. Um, you know, these guys technically are allowed to talk to teams where other teams aren't. Um, I think the fact that Colorado moved Ryan Graves really opens a door for Ryan Suter to potentially go there. I think that's the one that intrigues him the most, but other teams that are coming after him include, uh, the Washington Capitals, the Boston Bruins, the New York Islanders, um, the Pittsburgh Penguins, um, St. Louis, LA Kings, Florida Panthers. I mean, he's got a lot of interest, um, You know, teams up in Canada that probably would want him would be uh, Montreal, uh, Winnipeg, Toronto. I'd be shocked if he went to Canada. I think he's a a U.S. guy that's going to want to stay here. I think if he had his way, he'd love to sign with Chicago. I don't see Chicago being interested in him, though. Um, So, you know, uh, I don't see Philadelphia coming after him. I think Chuck Fletcher and Brent Flair have kind of been there, done that. Um, you know, I don't think see think that he would ever go back to Nashville. So if I had to put a wager
0: on it right now, I'd go Parisi Islanders, uh Souter, Colorado. Definitely. And what do you think uh Ryan Souter's AAV is gonna be?
1: You know, that's the interesting thing because I talked to his agent and it's gonna run the gamut. Like right now, you know, technically there are not a lot of talk structures of contract, but yeah we all know that stuff happens. So <laughs> Um, you know, and what Neil Sheehy is ancient told me for that story is that that every team is going to have sort of a different, uh, you know, uh, ability to give term and money based on their current cap situation. So, like, if Ryan's going to go to Colorado, he's got to understand that that team needs to sign Kale McCarr, that team needs to save money to sign Nathan McKinnon the, next year, um, that team might still... I don't think they are, but it might still come back and circle back to Gabriel Landeskog. But if they don't sign Landeskog, they're probably going to go and sign, re-sign Brandon Saad, and maybe go get a Jaden Schwartz in in free agency. Um, so he's got to understand that he might not get four million from them, where he could get four million from somebody else. So you know, I think that you know, he's. I think he's a three million dollar hockey player at this point, um, depending on where he goes. But if he goes I to agree. a team that has a ton of cap space, you know, that, te- that he could play hardball with them and say, "Look, you know." I could go to the Avalanche right now, but I could sign with you for 5 million. What do you want to do? So, yeah. this is going to work out well for Ryan. Ryan <laughs> I think was stunned the first day. Now all of a sudden he's going to realize he's going to make a lot more money now on the open market than he would have his last 4 years here at 10 million bucks
0: total. So, yeah, for sure. Uh, what do you think was the biggest surprise regarding the protected list with the players not being protected? For the Wild, um, or just just oh, in everyone. general in general uh, yes. i mean
1: no i i still thought that uh colorado would have protected landeskog even though he was ufa i think that was an interesting one um you know tampa it's unbelievable oh like, my tampa, gosh tampa, yeah i mean <laughs> this poor team they're just hoping that that they take like a huge salary <laughs> i'm trying to find tampa right now sorry Um, oh no
0: you're all good i think it's like i mean it's crazy yeah
1: yeah, i mean it's it's nuts the the really quality players uh you know ross colton yanni gore tyler johnson matthew joseph alex corn andre palat cal foot now if i were them you know if if i was seattle i would say hey uh julian breezeball guess what i'm gonna do i'm gonna take cal foot but you could give me you know this guy at a first and i'll take one of these high expensive guys like that to me would be the way yeah. to navigate this if you're ron francis is to go to them and just say hey um you know like i know you want us to take one of these five million dollar players but guess what we're not going to do that and that's how you manipulate the cap space so if i was him I, that's how i would handle this is like I'll, yeah i'll take i'll take tyler johnson off your hands or pull off your hands or yanni gord off your hands or or Colorna, or whatever but you got to throw this guy in and at the first, and I I just think that's the way to do it because Tampa really needs them to take a high a high freight player here, and so um, that, I don't know that's the way I would do it if I was Seattle. I would not just take. I would just not say I'm taking Tyler Johnson and give them a break getting a five million dollar guy with a no trade clause out of there i would oh yeah i would say make it worth my while to take one of these expensive guys even if that even if the bluff is that you actually would love to have yanni gord on your team yeah imagine if they grab yanni gord but then go out and sign barkley goudreau and blake coleman as free agents you can reunite that whole game yeah (laughs)
0: that would be awesome but no uh i was gonna say that I've heard that they've been playing super hardball around the league and people just aren't, uh, budging on it due to yeah. what happened with the whole Vegas situation. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I was going to ask you, do you, you envision- know another, I mean, really
1: interesting Giordano, obviously I think that was mostly But you know, what you do is that all the, all the work, the wild have done the last two expansion drafts to, to essentially protect Jason Zucker, Nino Niederreiter, Mikhail Granlin, you know, for Matt Dumba, you know, like that was, that was the whole thing, the last couple and here is Zucker, Granlin and Nino are all exposed in this expansion draft. Like who would have thought that three years ago, right? When the wild uh, protected all those guys. So it's just interesting to me that, you know, you, yeah. you got to wonder if,
0: if again, the wild made re- proper decisions or, or developed these guys the right way. Yeah. And just kind of like a side note to that. uh, How about Nino's uh, season last year oh my gosh it was just insane do you think that he's going to be able to like match that this year or do you think it was just like a a flash in the pan kind of
1: you're talking nino or dude or who oh. did you say nino
0: oh sorry michael okay i lost I you. know, my, no my siri my siri went out could did, did, okay. did you hear the question
1: yeah yeah did you ask about nino
0: yeah, yeah, I Anita was saying Rider. how like good of a season he had last yeah. year. Do you think yep. he'd be able? And to here he match that? up, yeah, and here he winds up exposed.
1: And and um, you know, it's 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 surprising to me, but it's obviously a five million dollar decision that they're trying to make. And I think that'd be a great pickup by Seattle. Um, but you know, Jake Bean is available too from Carolina. Like, oh yeah, these are the interesting, conver- interesting things that they're having right now in their Seattle War Room. Is like, All right, we could take it. We could get a five million dollar analytics darling, and need a writer or we could take the young up and coming defenseman in Jake Bean. Um you know those are the type of things that to me are interesting. Um or you know they could take one of their goalies as well. So um Oh yeah. You know N- Nino to me he could have a good year if he's back in Carolina. If you're going to Seattle, you know maybe if he's in a top line role, but I don't know if that's that's Nino there uh so obviously I think his season and whether or not he could repeat it really depends on
0: on you know which team he's on Carolina or Seattle. Oh yeah. For sure. I, I agree with that totally. I think that if he ends up going to Seattle, the production will not be the same yeah. at all compared to Carolina. Exactly. I mean, we even saw it like when he was in Minnesota, he'd you'd be like, Oh my gosh, he, he's amazing. And then you'd be like, Oh, where is he? Is he even playing some of mm-hmm. these games? So it's like it all depends on that stuff. He's obviously a great player. And I agree, I think it would be a great pickup. It just depends who <laughs> he's playing with mm-hmm. and what line. but yeah I was gonna ask you do you well we kind of we're already going into this with the whole Tampa Bay situation but do you envision any side deals that Seattle will make uh, after the draft is done or any signings of the available high-end UFAs
1: yeah I do think so I mean I think that's the thing that all teams should do right now is they should sit there and look at these lists themselves and say you know what kind of would like Vladimir Tarasenko maybe I go to go to them and say you take Tarasenko and I'll give you this to get him or same thing with Giordano or something like that so I do think there'll be side deals Uh, from Minnesota's perspective you know at this point I I think that Billy Guerin's mostly going to say to Ron Francis because the I think Billy Guerin got uh dismayed with the prices that and I think a lot of teams did the prices have been extremely extremely high you know, multiple draft picks, including a first to stay away from people. And I think that Billy just said, you know, I'm not doing that. I'm not going there, especially after the whole Alex Tuck situation before he got here. So, you know, I think at this point, he's just going to say, you know what? Victor Rask, Brendan Minnell, Carson Susie Nick Capo Kakinen, take one of them and we'll react. And, um, and so, you know, that, that's the way I think he's doing it. But I do think they're going to be side deals. I mean, Nashville is an interesting one too. I mean, look at the amount of good players or, you know, known players that they've <laughs> exposed for them. And, and and so if you're a, if you're a team that might have interest in Ryan Johansson or Mac Duchesne, you know, what would keep you from going to Seattle and saying, take them and we'll flip you this to get them. And I
0: think that that stuff, you know, is definitely going on right now. No doubt about it. So definitely. Uh, I was going to ask you, what are your thoughts on that Ryan Ellis trade? the whole three-way trade between uh, the Vegas Golden Knights Flyers and Nashville. Who do you think won the trade? And uh, do you, do you like that? Do you like what ended up? Um,
1: You know, Ryan Ellis, I don't think he's the same player he used to be, but I know the Chuck Fletcher and Brent Flair have long liked him. Uh, They, they used to compare him a lot to Jared Spurgeon. In fact, Uh, you know, similar statures, they get the right shot defenseman. Obviously they don't have to pay the exorbitant rate that was going around for guys like Dougie Hamilton and free agency or, or uh Seth Jones being a year from free agency and probably not wanting to re-sign in Philadelphia so this is the way they went. Um you know, I don't know if they had interest in Matt Dumba um you know, my gut says they probably did and maybe Billy Garen just wasn't interested because I don't think the Wild would have done this trade for Dumba. They would have wanted it, uh two pieces. If they were going to take a Nolan Patrick, they would have wanted a Travis Konnechny or a secondary prospect like a Morgan Frost or a Wade Allison and I don't think that Philadelphia wanted to give those guys up so that would have taken the wild out of it even if they wanted Dumba um you know I like Cody Glass a lot Um, Nolan Patrick to me um you know his health is an issue and he just plays too too passive of a game for me but Vegas has long wanted him so um this is the type of trade that actually could work out for a bunch of different teams I I, you know if Cody Glass becomes the player that he looked like he was going to be in Nashville that's a heck of a trade for them um and same thing philadelphia gets the right shot d and you know nolan patrick it's a low risk move
0: there you're just flipping prospect for prospect basically so yeah um so i
1: I like to trade for all three teams
0: yeah definitely no i totally agree i was doing like a video on that and it just works out perfectly if everything goes well with the young talent and stuff and where they're headed in that in the right direction hopefully but yeah for sure i was gonna kind of side note it to uh the wild buying out Parisi and uh Suter, freeing up some a little bit of cap due to the penalty, though. So it, it's kind of a factor. But uh, do you think that they're gonna be signing or trying to get Jack Eichel now? Or what do you think the next move is?
1: Um, I do think they're still in on Jack Eichel. I mean, uh, you know, if they were interested in Jack Eichel with Parisi and Suter here, technically giving them up is not gonna stop them from. From getting them. In fact, they are going to have a little bit in years two, three, and four of extra cap space. So, I mean, you know, I don't think, you know, I think it, it really comes down to whether or not Buffalo is willing to take on money in that Jack Eichel trade. Originally, they were not, it was going to be all futures. And even if the wild wanted to do it, they couldn't, um, now would Billy Garen at this point after, especially if they lose Susie this weekend or in uh, next week, this week, uh, Wednesday would he then want to trade Dumba? And now you're down to like, you know, you just sound, to, you took your great top five and you, yeah. you made it a top two and for the inn and Spurgeon. So, I mean, it just seems like a lot, but, but to me, I still look at this, like, if you're going to trade for Jack Eichel, it's gotta be Fiala and Dumba in the deal, or I don't see how the math works. Um, yeah. So I, I, you know, I think he's in on it. I think he wants to get a center, whether it's Christian Dvorak or maybe he goes Fiala for Sam Reinhardt straight up. Um, You know, I think, He's got to also count as cap space here because if they lose Susie too, I mean, they've got to sign. I mean, if they lose Susie, you got Brodeen, Spurgeon and Dumba, but you need three defensemen. Yeah, You need to sign three. Like, uh, like, I don't see how you don't. Right. I mean, even if you're just saying, Kalen Addison's got a role for this team, you still need three defensemen because mm-hmm. you're going to need a number, a number three, four and a five, six. Um, So you could go back to Cole. You could try to sign a, a Yandel or a, um, a Goligosky or a Jake McNabb or a Bogosian or something like that. Um, and then the other thing is, like, they're going to go sign a fo- at least one forward. You know, maybe they go after a Paul Stasny. Like, Nick Felino is, like, you know, I, I don't see how Nick Felino doesn't sign with Minnesota. I've been writing that for a week. Um, you know, you know I, I just think that he's going to plug right. The second they signed out, signed, uh, got rid of Parisi, I just figured they are going to sign – Foligno for a two or three-year deal in the two to $3 million range, and he'll plug in right there on the left wing, um, you know, on the Parisi line with, um, with you know, wh- whether it's Rask and Fiala or it's Fiala and uh, Hartman, or if they get another center there, um, maybe it's a Rossi, who knows. Um, so that's just my gut that, that you know, that Foligno will
0: 100% be here. I'd be shocked if he is. Definitely. I totally agree. And uh, I was going to ask you about Rossi. Uh, Do you think that he's going to be like in the Calder contentions this year? Like, do you think he's going to have the ability to win it? Or uh, do you think he's just going to be like a reasonable guy on the team where it's yeah I
1: mean I think that he'll be a contender if he plays you know the thing is is that I I, you know Billy Guerin style is that he'll start in Iowa uh, no matter what so then the question is could he you know get called up pretty quickly and stick the rest of the year you know so my gut says that Rossi more if he's going to be a Calder contender it would be in two years um that maybe he gets some games that keep his rookie status for in two years from now I think he's going to spend time in Iowa you know it's not just that he hasn't played in 18 months really um but um you know i i think a lot of it is just billy's style he wants guys to pay their dues in iowa learn how to be a pro all that type of stuff so um you know boldy is another one you 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 did ask me about rossi by the way right yes yeah, yes okay, yeah. so um and
0: boldy's another one sorry i've been getting non-stop texts um, no no you're all good you you know, my Bo- siri went off again and i, okay. I have to take this off is goes hey siri and, or no i don't want to Oh, no. <laughs> now i just now i just said it but, but yeah that's yeah. stupid um, technology uh so so what do you do this on your cell phone no no this is on oh, my okay. computer but okay. it's on my macbook See, and i didn't I, even like, know yeah. for this. i don't even know how
1: to use a mac that just shows you how oh. <laughs> this where i am um but uh you know in terms of boldy i think he's got a better chance of making the team just because he cut he got his sort of 15 game look in iowa and and performed really well but you know, you start to do the depth chart here, and if they sign Felino and they don't make a trade of, like, trade of Fiala and Kaprizov comes back and all that type of stuff, they really don't have a ton of room other on their top nine. And so are you going to put Matt Boldy on the team to play fourth-line minutes? That makes very little sense to me. Um, So he might have to start in Iowa, too. So, you know, right now, my gut says if you hand on a Bible
0: prediction, I bet Rossi and Boldy start in Iowa. So, yeah, for sure. No, I was gonna say that. Uh, hopefully, with the Eichel thing, uh, I've I've heard that they've been asking for so many first round picks and stuff. Hopefully, we don't buy into that and end up giving one of them away or yeah, both no. of them away. Yeah, because I don't know how uh, they can make the case about Eichel when he's just he's been injured the production hasn't been where i thought it should be Mm -hmm. i don't i don't know i just don't see the player that people think he is or he thinks he is because i don't know well he's a heck of a player
1: but yes you know sometimes he plays like a dog i mean there's no doubt about there's times where just the the work ethic isn't there but he is he's a he's a heck of a center and you know like those type of that size forward that can skate like him and have that skill they don't grow on trees but i agree with you like i and is to me the the factor here is the neck injury like as far as i know he hasn't had surgery yet so if he has this surgery you're going to trade for jack eichel and he will not be ready by the start of the season i don't think i hear it's a three months the, the 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 minimum is that he would miss three months and then the major one is is the one that's i think you know people are concerned that could be long term longer term um I don't know. I would just stay away from him, but I don't get the impression of wild art. Like I, I just, I still think there's conversations going on there. And if Kevin Adams, I mean, it's, it's one of those weird trades where it's like if Kevin Adams would actually take the better, more concrete, the more, the, the better players that are, you know, more solidified in their roles, that trade could actually happen. But if he continues on futures, I just don't think, see how the math works, but if he actually would take a Kevin Fiala and a, another huge salary off this team i think billy garen would consider it i i think I, you know so it's it's sort of a weird trade conversation where billy's offering actually you know more you know players that are sort of firmer you know players that have that have all made it compared to these uncertain guys and yeah. and that's why it's not getting done so it's it's a strange it's sort of like the same thing with the pre-sub negotiations it's a weird negotiation where the wild are offering in the world and he's like i don't want the world And here it's like the wild and the Jack Eichel thing is like, we're offering you like these two established players. And, and right now they're not, they're not wanting it. So we're sort of in like, you know,
0: sort of a virtual reality here. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I was going to say what you had brought up earlier about a Fiala for Reinhardt straight up. And I think that would be a way better trade than anything for Eichel just due to how he played last season and I just see a potential with him where uh, with Eichel, obviously he's an amazing player and stuff, but you have to deal with the injuries yeah. and everything. And we have to take into consideration that they are playing for Buffalo. Yeah. So once they come here and you're with some way better players like Kaprizov and stuff, and you're playing with Spurgeon and stuff like that, Spurgeon and brodeen uh, I feel like it would be a way better scenario and we would see even better production than in Buffalo. Yeah,
1: I mean, the interesting thing with that trade is that Fiala and Reinhardt have the same agents and they're both restricted free agent. So Billy Guerin, theoretically, even though technically he's not allowed to ask his agent about Je- uh, Sam Reinhardt yet, he can after July 28th. So he will be allowed to talk because that then he's a restricted free agent he will be allowed to ask Craig Oster, his agent, say, what are you what are you looking for on Reinhardt? And if that's a doable extension, you might make that trade if you're willing. I mean, it actually might cost you about the same, if not more than Fiala, but it might be something you're willing to invest in, the, in there. So if you can make that flip just one for one there. So um, that's why I just see a fit there. Um, I don't know enough about Reinhardt. I talked to Elliot Freeman on KFan a couple of weeks ago, and he's, he's, he had a lot of nice things to say about him and the type of year he had, he obviously had a great year in, in Buffalo and you don't get a real good, true sense of what these Buffalo Sabre players are really like until you get them out of that room. Like I never knew that Marcus Foligno was as good, right? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you know, that's, that's the danger about making trades with Buffalo though, you know, are, are they it's chicken or the egg? Are they the
0: reason why Buffalo is Buffalo or are they being held back by Buffalo? Right? <laughs> Them. definitely sorry totally. buffalo, if you're watching <laughs> oh no nothing against buffalo i think that they're going to be an amazing team in the next couple of years i think all those teams that are in rebuild right now think the red wings are going to be really good in the next couple of years i mean give it some time yeah. but yeah the wings the sabers the senators for sure like all those teams with a lot of great young talent yeah as long as they don't screw it up with like trading too much away and yeah. stuff, I think they're going to be really good. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I agree. Yeah. Ducks no. Ducks are another. Team. Oh yeah. Anaheim too. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Anaheim, even the Kings, the Kings mm-hmm. too, if they can make everything work. yeah, but, it's yeah cyclical. That...
1: You know, that's the thing. It's like they, they stink now. They won't stink in a little bit. You know, the one team oh, yeah. that might stink for a while is San Jose. Like I was just, oh, looking my at their, gosh. I was just looking at their reserve list. It's like,
0: Holy crap, man! They they've got nothing coming. Um, their contracts are insane yeah. for how how the players are playing. I'm yeah. like, oh my gosh, you're, it's weird. you got to pay a Vander Kane hurdle. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh, yeah, yeah, no, it's it's insane. Yeah. No, they they are headed in the San wrong Jose direction. was the
1: one team I was interested in seeing their exposed list when it came out because I I just part of me wondered if they were going to expose uh, uh, Burns, but obviously, oh, yeah, they didn't. They didn't.
0: Oh yeah, and then Burns and Carlson are so overpaid, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, I mean, not at the at the initial signing of it, but yeah, no, yeah, that's it's terrible. I was going to ask you about your uh, mock draft. Is there like a prize or punishment for, uh, I hope not. Uh, yeah, I think the punishment is then having to write it and explain it and. Oh yeah. RIP
1: you apart, uh, and be completely wrong. So hopefully Ryan Clark, (laughs) our incredible Seattle beat writer will, uh, um, he'll, he'll kind of hold our hand through this process too. So.
0: Well, I was going to say through this whole process, I feel like all the writers have been like spot on with everything. Weren't you like a hundred percent with the wild? Uh, Yeah.
1: um, You know, a lot of it is based on reporting too. Like obviously you knew Susie was exposed. Um, They were not, they didn't go through all this. Like, I mean, you know, sometimes you just got to use reporter instinct, right? They Mm -hmm. didn't go through all this process to, for months to protect Dumba. And then people are like, do you really think they're going to protect Dumba over Susie? Uh, Yeah. Like, you might not want to but obviously this was billy Garen's objective all along the one that that to me was just reporting was like earlier in the season i heard that 100 percent kakin was going to be exposed uh, protected excuse me and talbot would expose and then obviously their seasons one went one way the other went the other way and then the other day the wild obviously buy out ryan Suter and zach parisi and you start to do the math and saying if they if they lose talbot in expansion and and we know inside the organization they don't think Capo Kakanen is a true number one, like they don't. Yeah. So I how agree. are they going to yeah. afford to go get a to replace Talbot right now? You know, yeah. it just didn't seem like something they've got. They're going to have so many other things to do here in the next little bit that to add now go get a number one goalie, like holy crap, that would have been just too much in a short and off season for Billy Garen to get done. So to me, it's just more reporter instinct. Like they, you just knew that that so that that obviously Kakanen was getting exposed. So that was the one sort of guess, um, that, that I did, but, but you're right. I mean, I've been, I've been saying, you know, for a while now, uh, well, actually not for a while now, but since the Parisian suitor buyout, I, you know, you you just, it was pretty easy to figure out, um, their list also, because if you think about it, like, obviously they didn't buy out Parisian, they're not going to, you know, they weren't going to protect, uh, uh, Bukestad over Sturm, let's say. Yeah. Um, but also, when you started to do, figure out the thresholds, the actual exposure requirements, you knew that Rask and Buxted had to be exposed unless they were going to go to Zuccarello and get him to wave his no move, which is nonsensical. And so it was just sort of Dumba versus Susie. You know, it was obvious there. And then it was Talbot versus Kakanin. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, every once in a while you hit, your you, you're able to hit the bullseye on this one I did.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I was going to ask you about. Uh, So do you think for the expansion draft or for your mock draft that you would have it posted like before tomorrow? Yeah, well, we'll
1: the one that we're doing today, we'll have tomorrow morning. So the way it's going is we're going to have a a meeting of of six people and uh, we will uh, sort of pick the team and then each of us are going to get like six blurbs like you okay. know they'll assign me six teams like minnesota and probably five other teams and then i'm going to write why we took that player over that player and in each of those blurbs so it uh hopefully will be out tomorrow morning first thing
0: oh okay so, awesome yeah. yeah i was gonna say that would be awesome if you guys uh did like some zoom thing and did it like a real draft. Yeah. Well, and... we are doing it on
1: zoom. I don't know if it's going to be recorded. I hope not. It actually oh. wasn't funny if it was Um, the thing, the thing you know, that is tough is that we're doing this mock draft based on who we take, not knowing the side deals that Ron Francis is oh, actually yeah. getting. Right. So like, you know, we could sit there and say, well, obviously we're taking Landis but we don't know if, you know, Colorado made a deal with them not to take Landis or if somebody else is making a deal with them or I'd take Terrasenko and you know, so that's the, that's the only difficult part of this is so, even if, you know, we could be super right, but we actually might wind up being very, very wrong when at the end of the day when we see Wednesday night who they pick because we're doing this from, you know, really not a lot of information. So uh, we'll see, uh, I, I find this to be fascinating. I could have easily backed out of this, but, uh, <laughs> but, um, uh, but I, I decided to be the only beat writer in it other than Seattle guy. So everybody else are just national people
0: oh wow no that's awesome do you mm-hmm. think that you're just gonna uh guess some random surprise side deals in there just to throw i don't know in? how
1: we're gonna do it honestly um you know uh start the the zoom starts in actually 17 minutes so uh, oh wow yeah yeah so um <laughs> so i do have to wrap this up at some point but um oh but, yeah, yeah, well, yeah we'll, we... we'll see We'll i mean we'll see what happens like uh you know, they really haven't given me a ton of instruction yet. So I just hope it's not super long because today that's the other thing is at 2 PM today, we have um jet bracket availability. Uh You know, as, as you mentioned, Brody at the top of the show, it's like everything's this week. So um oh we're gosh, getting the director yeah. of amateur scouting for, to just ask him about the entry draft. So we got that zoom at two. So hopefully this Jeez. isn't a three hour, hopefully this isn't a three hour expansion mock draft that that would suck.
0: Oh my gosh. Well, yeah, I feel like there, there is a a strong uh, guess that it's it's going to be, <laughs> Yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, but my yeah,
1: says it's, nothing ever goes fast. Oh, but, yeah. What might go fast is at least we got only
0: six people. It would not go oh, fast yeah. if
1: we had 30. So, oh my gosh. You know, no, not at artists. all. Because yeah.
0: then everybody's going against somebody else's yeah. thought on it and back and forth. Yeah. But yeah. Definitely. Well, uh, I guess we'll wrap it up now since, since uh, you got a really busy schedule. And I just want to say thank you so much again. It means so much to me that you came on here not once but twice. And yeah, I mean, I'm just in love with what you do. And you're one of the hardest workers out there. Inspire me every day. And I just, I thank you so so much i appreciate
1: it thanks brody uh you know i appreciate keep up the good work yourself and uh yeah i'm impressed that you do these things and uh and the videos on instagram as well so um, oh yeah it's it's pretty cool so yeah yeah so nice coyotes jersey uh nice (laughs) castle jersey
0: yeah yeah. thank you so much